in a land far, far away. Not really. Two brave souls unite. Unite to embark on a mission to review the greatest films, or at least somewhat watchable. Join in on the journey with the professionally unprofessional film critics, the Film Bros. This product is rated B for badass. Spencer. I'm here about selling the house. Is anyone home? This is Detective Muldoon. This is Peter Spencer. Something happened to me at 44 Rayburn Drive. Someone was murdered at that house. Why did he never go into that place? Something never felt right about it. it looks like we got another one. Do you think that the body we found is related? Hello? I went to the house. Hello? Police department. I think something followed me home. Mommy, what's going on? What's wrong? Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the film frequency i am one of your hosts one of your film brothers ceo hayes just hayes we don't have to be formal like i said last time i'm joined by my brother the prodigal one jb yes sir film bro number two the prodigal one jb how are you doing people ceo hayes i'm gonna be formal just since we're starting out how are you doing my brother i'm doing good i'm doing good man so we are here uh for people who don't know before we relaunch this podcast it was the fear frequency because we're both horror movie fans and i feel like there's always like to start the year there's always a throwaway horror movie that's thrown in at the beginning of january every year i just like i don't know why it's always starts off with a shitty horror movie but we are here to review the grudge jb why are you are you do you dare imply that this movie was shitty uh all i can say is it's like it's like someone came up with and said you know what i have an idea for a new trilogy of grudge movies and they were like look we ain't got the budget for that so they just threw all trilogy into this movie that's exactly what i feel like this was you're 100% on the money. I kept on telling myself, like, for and here's the crazy thing. I feel like this is minimum two or three movies in one, and the runtime is, like, freaking an hour and a half. They fit all this shit into 90 minutes, and it was a lot of shit. Now, we're going to get into it, but I really feel like if they would have took a certain aspect out of this movie, this could have really been a good, really, really good movie. And we'll get into it because there was parts of this movie I actually did like, but the majority I, I hated. And I'm not even going to make any qualms about that. I hated the fucking movie. So 
we'll get, we'll get into it. But I just want to make this announcement real quick. Moving forward, we'll make this announcement every week. Obviously, we're going to talk about the movie. There will be a shit ton of spoilers. So if you haven't seen this or you want to know what happens, you don't want to know what happens, stop, watch the movie, and come back and listen to this later. Absolutely. Time. There's going to be a shit ton of spoilers, so just get used to it. Um, but let's get into it. Let's first, I guess we need to start this off by talking about the grudge film. So this is a remake of a Japanese, um, franchise and the, and the Japanese franchise, I believe has at least five movies and it's even crossed over and did a versus movie with Joan or however you pronounce it versus the ring, uh, which is like two of the most prominent, um, Japanese horror films. And they've both been remade here. Like, so go and search it out because i've actually i haven't got to see it myself but i did see uh or read some reviews that the grudge versus the ring is actually pretty good it's all in foreign language so that's what i've read um it's probably better than this bullshit but (laughs) so this franchise started off with sarah michelle geller in the first one i believe um yes and the first one i have fond memories of the grudge i don't know if it's because i was younger um sometimes i'm easier to please with certain horror movies as i've said before on this podcast many times if i'm sitting around the house with nothing to do i will turn on a shitty horror movie on netflix and be okay so i have pretty fond memories of the grudge one uh the grudge two it was okay uh but coming into this one i was at least expecting a dumb good fun what do you what, what about you so um firstly regarding juan and the Japanese version of Ring is called Ringu. I haven't seen the Versus movie, but I've seen in the individual movies, and they're amazing. Okay. They're both better than the than their originals, and that says a lot because the original Ring is a great movie, in my opinion. Um, and Grudge is okay, but yeah, do definitely watch if you haven't seen it. Definitely go and watch Juan and Ringu. Now, in terms of my expectations, I had extremely high expectations for this because I'm like, it's a gr- it's Grudge, it's a sequel, and I've been just like waiting for a really good horror flick and i'm like i was kind of iffy because january usually get a lot of a lot of shit in january it's january february known as like the dump they call the dump months because you usually get a lot of shit those months but i i was like you know what it's grudge i i'm i'm confident we're gonna get something good and then shit i was totally wrong that's what you get for being confident in some bullshit like this Mm. and the thing is is that we we all for people who are actually big horror fan or not not even horror film fans we know January it sucks like generally that's yes. why I'm that's why I'm worried about bad boys because mm-hmm. it's coming out in January and usually what happens is January becomes the dumping ground the studios that that put these this money into movies that they put too much money into like just release it on Netflix so it has to kind of do a theatrical release they get thrown in January to kind of get it out the way and as soon as this one had a release date in January my antennas were up like okay this is probably going to be bad but fuck it let's see um Lynn Shay, I want to say, is the best part of this movie. You, uh, more, most people would know her from uh, the Insidious uh, series of movies. I think she's the best part of this by far. Um, but overall, like this was just it was just really dull. And you can see the where like, I don't know, like I really feel like is this even this? I, I don't know, man. I, my thoughts are all over the place in this movie. We'll get it out as we're talking about it. But like, what? Well, just, go ahead. The fact that your thoughts are all, all over the place is absolutely perfect because this movie was it's all, all over, over the place, place. Exactly. and that's probably why your thoughts are all over the place because my thoughts are all over the place because the movie was all over the place at the beginning of the show a couple minutes ago i said there was aspects of this movie i really enjoyed and those aspects was every second lynchay was on my television yeah. 
that's the only story arc I actually enjoyed and every aspect of it. I do think, what was the name? Of, I forgot what the name of the caretaker was. Um, I don't um, remember. What, her acting was horrible, in my opinion. They're all, they basically everyone's was in this movie. And it's. Yeah. Which is really sad because Harold, or I don't know what, I mean, what's Harold's real name? Uh, the guy from Harold and Kumar, uh, uh, was it John Cho? Yeah. Yeah, right. His, he, I've seen him in movies and he's, I'm leaving out Harold and Kumar, I've seen him in other movies. Yeah. He's a great actor and I, I just don't think this, I think the script was not good here. The directing, I, I did not enjoy this so many things, but Lin Shay was that bright spot in this movie. Yeah. And I wish, I wish the entire movie actually was on that, that arc. And that, then that's where my problem is. And, you know, I said that it feels like they try to fit a trilogy into just this movie. You said that with the runtime. But my thing is that it just really seems like whoever the, the writer on this movie was unfocused as hell. And, of course, you don't know what the performance is going to be. So when the writer was writing this, they probably had no idea that Lynn fucking Shea was going to be the one who was cast as Faith. But I think like that's where Audible should have been called, whether it was the director's decision, the producer's decision to say, Hey, maybe we need to do a couple of reshoots and rebuild this whole movie around around Lin Shay's character. And even even with the scares, like it it's if it played more like a like they did the hand in the shower thing, like it was all things that we've seen in pre- previous grudge movies. And I feel like this film was completely devoid of any type of its own personality or doing like this is one of those times where they rebooted a series just just off the name recognition. It didn't feel like the director had anything original. It didn't seem like the writers had anything original and it was like there was no tone in this at all and that's highly important in horror films and i and you know we're the unprofessional unprofessional uh, the professionally unprofessional film critics and i feel like i'm getting really really like hard on my critique here and it's just because i just feel like this movie is just a slap in in the face of anybody who pays money to see it because it's like they just didn't even think to do anything intelligent on the screen no you're 100 percent correct and you you literally took the words out of my mouth because it feels like a group of college kids got together and made this movie from the editing to everything about this movie and i'm not trying to shit on the staff that did this but i honestly think the reason this movie was made was to make a quick buck and you literally said just on the namesake because it doesn't seem like much effort or thought was put into it they have a decent cast but the the the, it just it just wasn't i didn't resonate with the movie now when you watch a horror movie one of the biggest things i think a goal like if i was a director or i was a writer my main goal would be whoever my my main character is i need the audience to gain sympathy for this character so when they're in distress their family's in distress i'm the viewer is worried in this movie i could give a fuck who dies i didn't care about anyone literally no one I wasn't intrigued by anyone. I didn't feel an attachment to anyone. And when you miss that in a movie, it's going to take you out of it, unfortunately. Yeah. And I mean, so it's 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 four families that this movie's built around. It's the Landers, the Spencers, the Mathesons, and the detective was Madon? Madoon? Something? Maldoon, I think. Maldoon. And so... It, it, it's it, this is just an overly convoluted plot like even me trying to if i was to try to give a synopsis of the plot it, it would take almost as much time as just watching the fucking movie to give a synopsis of the plot it's like this whole weird things happen in different time periods and it bro it was so fucking unfocused it's ridiculous and it yeah. wasn't to, like do you okay here's my thing because we have the four different families this was told in non-chronological order so you kind of over the course of the film you kind of start putting together what happened when but do you i believe like, it was 
was it four, five, six, and nine? Was it? Yes. Okay. Do you think that this would have been better and maybe more of a of a of a better tone if this was kind of made as a Netflix special and just four episodes and a different family each night? And on the last episode, we see kind of how it all came together, like an anthology yeah. type of thing. A hundred percent, yes. Because it's all built because around they could this have house. Focused, yeah, yeah. They could have focused on each story rather than meshing it all in and. And it, it, the whole thing was a mess. It was so convoluted. Your idea is actually great. Turn it into a Netflix series and have it into like four separate parts. Or even if you want to go five and make that fifth one where they all intertwine, yeah. that's fine as well. Make them like an hour each, 45 minutes each. I think it would have been great. But obviously they didn't go, go that route. And they wouldn't have gone that route because, again, I, I think the, the, the truth here is, is they were just trying to get a big buck off the, off the box office. And I just looked at the numbers. I mean, I think they've grossed like about five million bucks. They're still in the hole right now. Yeah, but I mean, and that's the thing with with horror films is that it, it was made for 10 million bucks. Between whatever it does in the theaters, this is just week one. So it's it's probably going to, by the end of its domestic run, it's probably going to get, I'd say, even if it's if it does, if it's terrible, at least 12 million box office, I think is what it's going to do at the bare minimum. And then DVD sales on top of that. Plus, somebody's going to pay to stream this shit. They're going to make money. Plus worldwide. This. Yeah, plus worldwide. Japan, this is probably going to be huge in Japan. Yeah, so, uh, well, it's so, yeah, they're going to make money. And it's like, I just wish that there would have been some type of passion behind it because the the whole thing of a haunted house is like hell. Me and you talked about the series, uh, uh, uh the haunting on Hill House on Netflix. Like, no, we never did a full review on it, but that was just based off how the house affected this family. This is like the perfect setup. Even if they didn't want to do it on Netflix, if you wanted to do a theatrical release, you can do anthologies theatrically. Like, you can do that in the movie theaters. I think that would have been a way better do like make the house the character and all like because we don't care about any of these families because they didn't do a good job at that. Had they made the house the character and the and the ghost and everything and, and that's what we're there to see. Like we're there to see people get fucked up. It would have been better. But because you try to half heartedly make these about characters that we ultimately didn't care about, like the whole like you said, the John Cho family, I believe that's the Spencers, didn't give no fucks about it. Like the, the thing the thing that's messed more messed up about it is that the unborn kid was killed. Other than that, right. nobody I didn't give a damn. Yeah, I am the same way and well, obviously now we're not even gonna like, you know, you made a great point about the house. That could be the main character moving forward if it decided to go, but now we're not even gonna get that no. because the freaking house burned down. So that was your main character and the house burned down. So it's just I mean, I don't even know. I don't know what the thought process was behind this. I don't know wh what they were trying to go for. And let's talk about the jump scares real quick because the jump scares, number one, were so predictable. Number two, they were so mediocre. Mm -hmm. Forget about being predictable is one thing, but being mediocre, there was not one time that I actually jumped. What it felt like is they shot this whole movie and then went back in and edited every – like literally input every one of those jump scares it didn't it didn't this movie was not at least in my opinion that didn't have a continuous flow it was just very choppy 99 percent of the jump scares i felt like it was edited in after the fact obviously i'm sure it wasn't but that's how it felt like because it just didn't flow what do you think no i agree with that it it and the thing is that jump scares can be effective that's why they're such a trope in horror that they can be effective like that helps set the tone but when you do jump scares and that's really it like this movie was it, it's like going on a roller coaster and the whole roller coaster is the click 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 going up and then they're like oh you're done yeah that's it that's it like that's it just blue balls yeah yeah it, it, and it, it so and the thing is is that like the original 
grudge. It those like the the boy making the cat sound like that. I, oh, they, it's so creepy. Like that kid alone beat this entire movie. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I I don't know, man. I I I don't, and I hate it because this is like the first time we're doing a review and we're both so down on the movie and coming into this, I'm just like, but you, it would be disingenuous to not do a movie just because we both hate it. Like I, I feel right. like we do need to do the review. Um, but yeah, the jump scares were terrible. I even say like the, the directing seemed very amateurish and I don't know what else the director has done if he has done anything, but it, it would be different if somebody like released this and it was like a college, like a student or a film student that just like made this sure. kind of like, then okay, that's I, I can forgive that. Like Paranormal Activity isn't the best shot movie, but we know that it was it was the why the story behind that. And yeah, it got better as far as cinematography as it went on. But this was just, bro. There was Sony needs to be somebody in Sony needs to be fired behind this movie <laughs> coming up. No, I agree with that. And actually, the um, I, I'm looking it up, and I remember I had heard about it too. The uh, the writer um of this is Nicholas. Pesci? I don't, I don't know if it's pronounced Pesci. He's the writer and director. Um, the only n- notable thing I see here on his filmography is The Eyes of the Mother. I don't know if you've ever okay. heard or seen that. He, uh, he, he directed, and I believe he also, yeah, he directed and wrote that movie. So he's still pretty young in the game. I mean, he's only, this is only his third movie under his belt. But, yeah, just a, just a, you know, not good movie. I mean, I, I'm trying to, outside of, of, um, what's her name, Linda Shea? Is that her name, Linda Shea? Lin Shea. Lin Shea. Yeah. Outside of Lin Shea, I'm trying to think of other bright spots or anything in this movie, and I'm grasping, and there, there's really nothing. I mean, the acting, some of the acting was really, really terrible. I mean, like I said, that one caretaker lady, her acting was terrible. The one scene, I want to say it was about 30 minutes in, when um, John Cho was there, and you see the little girl, and her yeah. nose is bleeding. Mm-hmm. His reaction is, oh, my God, your nose is bleeding. What? There's a girl. First of all, this girl came out of nowhere. Second of all, her, she, her nose is all bloody, and that was her his reaction. It was just way too calm. And then, uh, I mean, I could pinpoint a million bro. things like that. What's that? Creep vibes, big creep vibes. <laughs> I, I, I don't even. It's it's. I don't even know what to say. So, and Sam Raimi's name was attached to this. That's nuts. What was it? What was he though? I mean, like the producer. Name. producer? Yeah, but I always felt that producer title is so bro. Producer, they throw. Honestly, you know what happens in producer, especially when there's more than one producer. So there's another producer here, Rob Tappert. He was probably act the actual producer. I I am willing to bet Sam Raimi's gonna have a movie come out soon. And what they did is they said, "All right, look, if you let us throw your name on here on the grudge as producer, we'll give you X amount of budget on your film. You can do whatever you want, but we kind of need you to take one for the team on here because this this film shit." Exactly. And to be honest with you, I don't know if you remember, we talked about Grudge. It might have been on one of the Keeping It Reels or I don't remember or it might have been even off air, but I, Yeah, I was anticipating this movie. But why were why were we anticipating this movie? Because of the the history behind it and Sam Raimi's name. Exactly. In the history, yes, but because we heard Sam Raimi's name, yeah. we were like, whoa. Because remember, he, I think we had talked about he didn't do a horror movie in like a long time. Yeah. And we were like, oh, he's coming back. But there's no way that this is like a heavily produced Sam Raimi movie. Oh, no, I, I, I refuse to believe that. I, I, I am willing to bet that if he was even on set during when this was made, it was literally just to show up. 
just so people yeah. get so if if the paparazzi said that oh well we saw sam raimi outside of the the grudge uh where they're filming the grudge at like other than that i i'm i am close to willing to bet that he did not show up a day on set on this at all he didn't have any meetings he didn't he wasn't in any of the production meetings none of that shit like i he just collected a check here i guarantee you oh yeah absolutely and it really sucks because i truly did enjoy and i know i said it a bunch of times i keep reading myself but i really did enjoy lynn shay's parts here i mean her acting was the the first scene we got out of her correct me if i'm wrong was that old peekaboo scene and immediately i was like okay i'm into this already whoever this lady is i mean whatever her role is i'm into it and the whole storyline with her husband and the caretaker and then like you know just to fast forward, the caretaker walks into the kitchen and she's like, looks like she's cutting off maybe some carrots or whatever, yeah. finds her husband dead. The lady's cutting off her freaking fingers. And then later you get her in the, I guess that was a hospital or a mental institution. I don't really know what that was. And, you know, she fell off the thing. Every aspect of that I loved, but that was all I loved. That, I, that, that literally was all I loved. This I, may be the shortest review I, and that's the thing and i hate to shortchange you guys uh with a with a shorter review but i mean honestly this movie was fucking terrible there was nothing redeemable about this movie. well lynn shay's performance and other than let that me, go ahead my bad let me ask you this question okay you might think i'm fucking nuts but i'm gonna ask you the question anyway there's been a lot of movies pr- probably back when we were kids maybe even before our time that were absolute dog shit mm-hmm. however over time 10 years 15 20 years yeah. they became called classics is there any possibility this is that ever i i don't think this is ever going to be a cult classic the, like i said the most thing that i that i can see this becoming is it being like uh you know after the deployment the disappointment wears off you know maybe 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 it'll be a cool netflix watch when you're bored one day like just maybe but the the thing is is that like I say, there's there's no like sometimes with horror movies it's it's about the scares. Like maybe the story is completely shitty, but you show up for the scares. You show up for a performance. You show up because the slasher's cool or entertaining. Like Lynn Shay's performance is great because she's great in everything. Yes, but I don't even see that bringing me back to this. No, I'll never watch this ever again. Yeah, nor do I recommend it. I know I'm sh- shooting that a little bit early, but. I would never do that to anyone, even my worst enemy. Don't watch this. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, bro, I wish, I really do wish I had more to say about this movie. Well, we've done this in the past, so let me ask you this. How, if you, your name was behind this, what would you have done differently? Um, I think what I, what the idea that I came up with is making, making the house the character, um, uh, and then I think making it more of a maybe cutting down the families, maybe making it just two families, maybe a third one, probably at the end to like wrap it all around or something like that. But I think the what I would have done differently is have have it happen over a longer period of the t- of of time, at least with the first family, right? So maybe the, maybe the whole first act is just one family. Yeah, and you're setting the tone to like oh more creepy shit and creepy shit and creepy shit's popping back up, and then. It'll be interesting to have, oh, that family gets completely murdered off. When you go into the sec- second act, you come in with a new family moving into the house. And then all this shit is happening. Like, it's 2000. All at once. It's, yeah, it's all at once. But, it, like, it, all, all these families are basically moving in right after each other. And my thing is, is if you, you, you push that back some. So have the Landers family was in there in 2004. The Mathesons moved in in 2005. What if you have it to where 
the Mathesons didn't move in until six years later, right? So that way, like the stories of the of that family being murdered or whatever, like people aren't talking about it. or maybe the other neighbors have moved away. So nobody like you would think if you're moving in there right after this the two families before you were killed, you'd be like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to buy this one. Yeah. They didn't give the shit a chance to breathe. Yeah. It was too much, too quick. Um, it's just they didn't give it a chance. They didn't give each storyline arc a chance to breathe. And it felt like it was all just overlapping one after the other after the other to where. I don't think I I don't think I realized I don't know at what point I actually realized that these are different timelines. I think they said it from the very get go, mm-hmm. but I might have missed it. And then I realized like later on, like wait a minute, this is not all the same timeline, and that's how confused I was because you're seeing you're, the one constant that you saw was the house, and I guess that's how I was able to figure out like wait, this is not the same timeline because how could two different sets of people be in that same house? It doesn't make exactly. any sense. Then I realized, and then I think at one point in the movie, they said like 2004, five, six, and nine, I believe is what they said. I, don't quote me on that, but yeah, man, it's just, it's you know, just really, you know, you know what would make like to even take my idea a little bit further and what would make if the grudge series decides to go forward and they make another one, maybe instead of making it just a single family house, what if you make it in like an apartment complex? Yeah. that That's haunted. And then you like get these people on different floors and different weird shits happening throughout the building. That may be an interesting take on it. But overall, I really would just, this goes back to what I've been saying. Like, build. let's build new franchises. When you give someone something like The Grudge, which even though it doesn't have a the most storied history here in America, we know what it has in Japan. But instead of giving someone that, you can easily say, hey, we, we want to kind of do the ring thing, but have, have like we want to do the haunted house thing or the, or the curse thing. But do your own thing with it. Let's let's not tie it to the grudge name. Do your completely own thing with it and give people a chance to build their own their own franchises up. Like we overall and I get it like we've we've talked about kind of the release dates. There's a lot of not a lot of new franchises each and every year. That's part of the reason why I did like Knives Out so much is because we don't get a lot of new franchises anymore. We get a lot of reboots, a lot of sequels, a lot of, uh, well, if you want to still call them sequels where they're like 10 years down away from the last movie, we get a, we're going to get a lot of that over the year. I really want to see some new franchises be built up. And then that- it's like when we do get new stuff like that trick or treat was one of my favorite movies from the year it came out i don't even remember how long it's been at this point we never it was in 2000 yeah so like let's actually give these new uh, new franchises a chance to build up because if we keep getting shit like this after child's play i'm over fucking remakes bro yeah and the thing is like i feel like it's a win it's 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 risk and reward right because the thing is they're trying to feed off the name grudge is a name we're not saying they made billions of dollars but it was still a name that people were attached to and leave out grudge just all these other reboots that we've had a billion reboots already child's play and not even only in the horror scene every everywhere we're getting reboots we're getting sequels but we need new stuff yeah because the new stuff now two years from now are going to be the sequels and then 10 years from now those are going to be the reboots yeah. they're you know 10 years from now they can't be doing reboots from 1970 something or 1980 something i mean they need new things i mean that's the only way to to kind of reintegrate it and what i want to do is even go a little bit deeper is that a lack of creative like just people being creative is that laziness when it comes to writing is just easier to you know go off of another story or are they just thinking about the name it's it's easy way out i mean what is it well you, you so it, it's it's not just one thing so you do get some of these reboots where people honestly have unique ways to bring back 
or to play off something that happened that ha- that has happened before, right? So you get some of the things where people honestly want to like they they grew up on something, they have like a cool, interesting idea, and they are actually passionate behind it. But I think more times than not, it's a ca- it's a cash grab by the studios. I don't even know if it's the writers; it's the studios. Like if you own a franchise, you got to think about it. Just like me, if me and you own the name to fucking saw halloween and freddy krueger right we're gonna keep trying to go back to that because true like every every like we're getting these attempts at reboots like every three years like they'll try to reboot something it will or won't work so they'll let it breathe three years and then they'll they'll try to reboot it again the only reason we haven't gotten uh like friday the 13th is because that's been held up in fucking court leak legal legal shit over who owns it we probably would have had like two more reboots of that and we At don't least. have, and we didn't get any Freddy Krueger reboot because the last one was so fucking horrible. They're trying to give it some time. Like, well, the well, rumor that's is, coming though. Yeah, and, but yeah. they're gonna bring back Robert England, which they should have probably done in the first place. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you heard this. I think they're coming out with another Halloween as well. Oh yeah, they, they, two yeah. of those. They're filming them back to back. We're also getting Candyman. He, that's coming back. Yes. Jo- Jordan Peele's doing that one though, so I'm interested to see what he does with that franchise. So it's like, like Jordan Peele doing Candyman. I really do honestly believe he's going to do he can do a great Candyman it's movie. It's going to be a fresh take. Yeah, because he he he's tone, again, tone and horror. He does that great. Um so it it's I don't know, man. And and I I really hate being so down on a film and and reviewing it because I don't like kicking anyone whether down or just being a negative Nancy and I know this movie's going to have really bad reviews all over the place, but I have to be honest. Like part of of having this platform is that we have to be honest when we see shitty films. And unfortunately, this is a terrible way to start off the year, but it was just bad. But please, I I um to all the film fr- film fans out there, if you disagree with us, we want to hear it. Please oh, yeah. let let us know what your point of view is. You know, you, later um, Hayes is going to talk about our uh, our discussion group on Facebook. But let us know if you disagree with us. You know, that's what the the platform is for. We want all opinions. We're going to express our opinions. We want to hear your opinions because, from our point of view, we didn't see shit on this movie. But maybe you did. Maybe we missed something. We want to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, maybe maybe uh, as a mini so down the road, we'll watch Ringu versus uh, Juan one day, and that that may be fun for us to do a mini uh, episode on. And you know, I mean, going forward, we're still ex- really excited for the year. The next full review we'll be doing is Bad Boys for Life, which I know you're more excited about than I am. Well, you're more hopeful. I am excited to see the movie. It's just I'm not hopeful that it's going to be good. So, um, firstly, Bad Boys. I really want Bad Boys to be great. I don't give a fuck about the franchise. I don't give a fuck about the movie. The only reason why I want it to be good is for Will Smith. Because his last couple movies have been absolutely crap. Gemini Man was crap. Men in Black International, in my opinion, was crap. Um, the last movie he was that he came out with that I actually enjoyed was Suicide Squad, probably. Which well, he a lot was, of people he was, was crap. Men in Black International. So. Oh, yeah, my bad. Yeah. My bad, my bad. You're, um, you're right, you're right. He wasn't. The movie was still crap, though. Yeah. Um, but the last couple things he's done has been crap, actually. And I, he just needs this one really bad. Gemini Man was such a like the action scenes were great in it but it was just a boring movie but i did like the one the netflix one he did the netflix exclusive i might not have seen that yeah i I can't remember the name off of but it was like fairies and trolls and stuff it was actually really good yeah i didn't see that one so i know it's really it's really early right now but just take a guess i just looked up grudges rotten tomato let's start with the tomato meter first what do you think Shit, I I'd be surprised if it's above twenty five percent. Well, we all you always say, and you're correct that the audience is usually high. What do you think the audience is? 
32%. Tomato meter, 16%. 16 Audience, 19%. And that's with almost 1,000 ratings. Oh, my God. That is just fucking terrible. I'll tell you right now, this is absolutely the worst movie of this decade. <laughs> I like what you did there. there. Uh, So let's just so we can end on a more positive note. What are you looking forward to in 2020? Not just January, not not, like throughout the whole year. Like it, we know stuff may get pushed back. What are some of the things you're looking forward to us reviewing in this upcoming year? Um, I don't. I really haven't looked too much into the year. A lot of this shit I'm going to say, you're probably going to be like, what? But um, Bird of Prey, I'm a huge Margot Robbie fan. So I'm looking forward to that. Also, I did not know. I didn't even know this movie exists until like three days ago. I don't even know if you know. There's this movie with Ryan Reynolds. Um, It's not Deadpool. Um, oh man, it's called like free. Oh, free. Oh, damn it. What is the one where he said in the video game? I'm really Bro, looking forward to that movie. I saw the, I don't know if you got a chance to see the trailer, but yeah. the visuals on that movie is going to be amazing. And also, it's freaking Ryan Reynolds. And a lot of people, a lot of people have seen what he did in Deadpool, but before Deadpool, he did things like Van Wilder. This guy is hilarious. And this movie, I think, is going to be like a, a, a comedy as well. But it just looks so beautifully that it was beautifully shot and it's gonna be funny as shit. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Um also I I heard some rumors that they're gonna be, be having a movie where I think it's gonna be a spin-off of the old Sopranos show. Um, for you mafia fans, um, Sopranos was obviously a big HBO show back in the day. I think they're coming out with some sort of spin-off of that. Um, something the Saints. I, I I really don't remember. I just I think I read about it somewhere, but that's one I'm looking forward to. Um, there's a couple things I can't remember all off the top of my head. Um, that's all I can really remember off the top of my head. What about you? So, uh, Free Guy is definitely what I'm looking forward to. Yes. Halloween Kills, I'm looking forward to as well. I know I was a bigger fan of the new Halloween. Uh, the, I was a bigger fan on that than you were. Uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, of course. Yeah. Black Widow, of course. Yes. Um, uh, Ghostbusters, I'm... <sighs> I feel like we're going to be having the same discussion. What I'm what I'm going to say on that is that the one trailer I love the tone that they said in the trailer. I love how much fun it was with the kids. I I I want to see more, but I'm ex, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. I don't have faith that it's going to be great, but I am looking forward to it as it stands right now. Um and then The Conjuring 3, you know The Conjuring series is my is my shit. Um so I'm really looking forward to that as well. That's just some stuff that's off the top of my head. I know that there are more more Stuff coming out. My kids are looking forward to Scoob, the Scooby Doo movie. So pray for me on that one because I just think that's going to be the biggest piece of shit. Um, but I feel yeah. like we're forgetting some major movies, but I can't. We're definitely oh, forgetting well. them. Well, the major ones, I, I try to steer clear of the major ones because the major ones, I mean, yeah, like Wonder Woman, definitely looking yes, forward to that. 1984. Uh, yeah. I saw Wonder another Woman, trailer today. Yeah. Birds of Prey, which you mentioned, I'm looking forward to. Top Gun, I'm looking forward to yes. that one as well. Um, the Eternals from Marvel. I'm a Marvel fan, so anything Marvel, I'm always going to look forward to. So there's a lot of big movies that we didn't mention, but the big ones, you know, everyone's kind of excited today. They're big movies. I wanted to mention some of the other ones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a fun year. And 2020 has its work cut out because 2019 had some freaking fun. I can't remember a year that was packed with so many phenomenal movies. I mean, I can literally name 10 movies right now that were easily four out of five or better stars. Um, 2019 was an amazing year for movies. Yeah, yeah, it, it it really was. And you know, Disney made ten billion dollars before Star Wars came out this year, uh, which is just wild. The fact that they made that in one year, they'll they'll probably not have another year like that until they build up to the next big thing. Um, 
but yeah, it's gonna be amazing. What? Okay, here's one thing that I want to ask you. What are you? What are your feelings on Doolittle, Robert Downey Jr.? I I don't give a fuck about Doolittle, but I mean, I, I do care. I want to see how Robert Downey is in a role outside of Iron Man because yeah. I don't even know if I remember what he looks like outside of Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, it's been so long since we had like something like that. Um, a Quiet Place Part Two. I'm looking forward to. Oh yes, that's yes. absolutely I'm looking forward to because that first one was amazing. Um, for more of like smaller movies since you know we're in january so this is a general movie it's not like a gonna be a huge blockbuster like these other some of these other movies but uh tiffany haddish uh it's a movie called uh, like a boss it's yes. coming out in like a week or two yeah. i saw the trailer i think like two nights ago it looks funny as hell yeah uh, christopher nolan tenet we're both big yes. Nolan fans um, yes uh so yeah there, there are a lot of movies that are coming out this year so hopefully we're not we don't we're we're not on this end of things uh as much going forward but you know hey we it's January. We knew we were going to have a dud in January. That just goes without saying. Exactly. Exactly. So well, it is what it is. It is what it is. But let's go ahead and send the people on their way. JB, give your social media if you, any parting words if you have it. Yeah. I mean, just it's the beginning of the new year. I know people don't want to hear negative shit for what, what are we on? About 30, 45 minutes now. But the truth is we're never going to just give you fluff just to give you fluff. We, we've never been those type of people. If something is bad, we're going to shit on it. But hopefully the next one's good. Um, we got to uh, keep it real coming out next week and then we're going to do a mini-sode. Um, you know, we're still ironing that out. But yeah, basically uh, my Twitter, I can be reached at uh, the P1JB. That's at T-H-E-P-1JB. And on Facebook, I can be reached Javid Bashrula. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, going forward to one thing that we've talked about is we're going – with, with the minisodes, like during March and April was like blockbuster season, there'll probably be smaller reviews of the movies we don't get to get full episodes on. But in between that, like when it's not anything major going on, like you can get retro reviews. Uh, we've talked about uh, doing some channel serving, which will be if we talk about TV shows. So, you know, going forward in 2020, if there's any TV shows you'd like to see us do a recap on once the season ends, let us know because we're definitely open to doing that as well. Uh, it's going to, you know, we, we relaunched this podcast with what, like two months left at the end of the year. Um, and we really were trying to formulate how film the film frequency was going to be in the long run. And in 2020, you're going to get to see a lot of that. You guys already seen what we've done with keeping it real, how we've turned that in, into something. You've seen our mini-sodes. Uh, we'll be having more consistent content on YouTube if you want to see us as well. That's been on me. That's not JB. Uh, I will admit that. Uh, so, yeah, just going forward. Uh, also, with the Golden Globes coming on, we're going to be uh, posting to our uh, Facebook group just a conversation that you guys can be a part of uh, during their awards so, so we can talk about winners, losers, and everything. So definitely want to check that out as well. Search for the film frequency there. That happens. Oh, God, by the time you listen to this, it'll already happen. So yeah. you missed out on it. Um, you can go, you can go back and read it. Yeah, you can go back and read. You can still comment on it. Well, after the we fact. will, we will have a discussion for the Screen Actor Guild and obviously the Oscars. Uh, absolutely. So we'll be covering those things as well. Uh, we didn't do it because we were just relaunching, but at the end of 2020, which I know it looks for, uh, that's far away. We'll probably do a Film Brothers Awards, and we'll name our own awards uh, to, to the best movies of the year. So it's going to be an exciting year at the Film Frequency. But enough of the business part. You can follow me at CEO Hayes, at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow us collectively at the Film Bros. And this has been soon to be the number one movie and film podcast around, period, point blank. We'll see you lovely and beautiful people next week. Peace.
You look stressed, bro. Who, me? Yeah. I'm just mad hot. <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> I'm keeping that in, bro. That shit is staying in. <laughs> I got, I got that, um, I got that, that Forrest Whitaker eye. Oh shit! Okay. 